0: everyone and welcome to the cinematic schematic once again I'm your host and the voice of the cinematropolis radio Caleb Masters also resident film critic uh, at the cinematropolis uh and we are here today to talk about one of this year's most anticipated films that came in February so quickly marvel's black panther but i absolutely cannot do this alone and i am joined by a small round table of co hosts uh to my left the man who has been with me for so many movie reviews as of recent i mean this guy is reviewing things he's like talking about 50 shades things he's writing things he's also at the same time giving birth to a movie like it's all <laughs> happening wonderfully Laurent chapman welcome back to the welcome show back
1: it's good to be back i'm excited man I'm excited. This is this is what a what a time to be alive.
0: I know, right? Brian Kugler directing a film, a superhero film Michael B. Jordan starring a almost completely during Black History Month. During like, Oh my God. Come on. It's, so, just all, it's all coming together. That's so wonderful. <laughs> and me and you, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy last year on another show. And, you know, it's one of those things. I've been feeling the Marvel MCU fatigue for a while. But, man, this is the one I was like, I've, I've got a good feeling. I, I have to see this yeah, one. Yeah, this I is a big one. one. Uh, coming in remotely through the interwebs is a first-time guest host. First time for cinematic schematic listeners. But if you do read our essays at cinematropolis.com, you might know him as the resident... Uh, Comic book movie guy, but he also writes about old films, Smoking the Bandit. He wrote a great piece on uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier. And I think there might be something about Batman coming soon. The one, the only, Joshua Unruh. Joshua, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic.
2: I'm so excited to be here. I could not have chosen a better movie to make my debut on the Cinematic Schematic.
0: Guys, I am so fired up for today's talk. But before we jump into our review of uh, Black Panther, I want to let our listeners know that if you enjoy this show, head on over to the Apple Podcast uh, and give us a uh, subscribe. And if you really like us, give us a rating. That would help us out, help us get seen. These completely free podcasts can be supported even further by you taking that one minute to go over to subscribe and rate. (laughs) Also, I want to give Joshua a chance to talk briefly about a project he's doing currently that might interest our listeners today who are seeing Black Panther. Joshua?
2: Yeah. So I am the resident superhero scholar on a little show we call Listen Up A-Holes, an MCU podcast that I do with story expert Lonnie Diane Rich of Chipperish Media. Uh, We are only through phase one right now and figuring out how we're going to handle all this television, but... We take a very nuanced view, both of like the history that went into the comic book, both contextually, like outside of the stories and also the stuff inside the stories that makes it into the movies. And then Lonnie, who is uh, a university level teacher of how to do storytelling, you know, will break down the structure and things like that. And then we come together and just talk about all the stuff we loved about it. Basically,
0: you've, dropped, you've just launched recently and you dropped your enti- the entire phase one. So that's Iron Man, uh, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger and the Avengers, correct? And Iron Man 2. Oh, oh, and how could I forget Iron Man 2?
2: <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't, because controversial opinion, best of the Iron Man films. Ooh. Hey, that's because the rest of them aren't very good
0: either, really. Like, I mean. <laughs> I, I, I will die on the hill of Iron Man 3. God bless Shane Black. That's all. I'll leave it there. This is a conversation for another day. <laughs> so, that's right. If you enjoy comic book hero movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Absolutely go check out Joshua's new podcast. Subscribe to that one. They do really great deep dives. I have listened to your Iron Man 1 episode, and it was a real treat. I can't wait to get—I really want to hear what you guys have to say about Thor 1, actually. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's go ahead and head into our review of Black Panther. yeah. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect
1: and bow down. You get
0: to decide what kind of king you are going to be.
2: Don't freeze. I never freeze.
0: So that was a clip from Black Panther. Guys, this is a big event. You know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they've actually had a lot of criticism about being pretty light on representation in general, so women and people of color. But here we go; they double, triple down on this one. They put yeah. the, their entire marketing machine behind this. They uh, they commissioned a an album inspired by Black Panther by Kendrick Lamar. Like this thing's everywhere. Um, so my 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 question before we head actually into breaking down the film is. Have have you? How long have you been anticipating this character? Is this a character you care that much about, or is it just cool to see representation on screen, or maybe you just think the whole thing's lame? uh LeBron, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, I'm gonna say both, honestly, and it's actually really exciting to see the anticipation from from a lot of people. I would have assumed that this wouldn't be a, a huge event film. You know, I mean, obviously it's an MCU film, but I mean, I would think that it would be on those, the lower end of them if I was if I was being frank, but. To just see the excitement from a very diverse group of people who just cannot wait to see what they do with this film is just really exciting to see, and I'm one of them, yeah.
0: Very cool. So uh, a lot of excitement there. How about you, Joshua? What do you think?
2: As a lifetime superhero fan and and off-and-on Marvel fanboy, I I have blown with the wind as far as the comics go between the big two, but uh, I'm very excited about this. Like Black Panther is a historically important character who hasn't really gotten all that he deserves in the comics either. And uh, this is another controversial statement, at least as far as Caleb is concerned. But um, I was mad at Spider-Man homecoming before I knew anything other than the fact that, that it was pushing black Panther and captain Marvel back. So that's how into this I was before I knew anything about it.
0: And I appreciate your excitement. Uh, I share that excitement for the character. I, I too, was very excited about uh, Black Panther, specifically after we finally got that tease in Civil War where it's like, oh, no, we're going to give this... This guy's really cool. He deserves his own movie. And also saved us the hassle of having to have an extended uh, origin movie. I mean, this is still kind of an origin movie, but it's not like we got the whole childhood of of right. uh, T'Challa. Like They kind of set up the, the big pieces that we needed happened in civil war but also this is the beginning of this film black panther recaps it and uses that uh incident in such a way that you can still pick up on exactly what happened before the movie starts i feel like it works pretty well to stand alone um so a quick synops- synopsis from the imdb uh reads that t- t'challa after the death of his father the king of wakanda returns home to the isolated technologically advanced african nation to secede the throne and take his rightful place as king that's all that's in the IMDb synopsis, but they kind of leave out the fact that that's it's not that easy to be, to just take the throne. So it's actually going to be super hard. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, I don't even think that like that's not even a plot there. That's just okay. He came home and sat on the throne. That's a statement. That's not a synopsis. IMDb, get it, guys. You got to up your game.
2: <laughs> Say anything else about what it takes for him to get on the throne, you're edging up to spoiler territory right away.
0: Right, and we are going to keep the beginning of this review very spoiler light, honestly, I, and that's why I want to move into just kind of our initial reviews. Did we like it? What did we like? What didn't we? and Joshua I'll start with you on this one.
2: Oh largely I liked everything. I mean I think it all comes together into a very tight package. Uh certainly there's you know a couple of things in uh sort of MCU ways that that might you know uh, uh bother me a little bit but by and large this thing comes together. It's the it's the setup that we needed. For phase four, I think, honestly, like it does its own job and also sets up Infinity War and beyond because, again, no spoilers, but there's some real opportunity for change to the world at large, not just Wakanda. So and I really loved how deftly they made it a story about legacy and family because he's a king like it's a hereditary title. I was wondering how they would be able to kind of give the mantle of the Black Panther, the gravitas that it should have as, you know, being royalty. And they did it very deftly, like excellently. So I mean, by and large, I'm very impressed. It it did. It's about stuff, which we'll talk more about. So I don't want to go too far there, but it's about stuff, which is not something we can say about every Marvel movie all the time. And not something that every action movie has to be but it's nice when they're about things, right? Like things outside of themselves. So, right. Right. Uh, yeah, right. I'm, I'm a fan. I I can't remember the last time I was excited about a Marvel movie soundtrack. And this one is great.
0: Right. Actually, I don't think ever because that's one of my criticisms about the entire MCU is most of their scores are really generic and forgettable. Right. right. Uh, uh, but this one, I mean, I mean, not just the, the – firstly, the, the, the soundtrack commission by Disney uh, to, for, you know through Kendrick Lamar, um, which actually is not featured very much in the film, which might, I don't know if it's a criticism, but it's just an observation. They don't really utilize that too much in the film. But the actual score score is really good. All the characters have a really nice – theme i remember like the second i hear uh killmonger's theme i'm like bam oh i got this i know exactly what they're getting at using kind of like the, the the beats and the hip-hop style and everything like that um anyway i'm getting carried away Laurent chapman what did you think of the film oh i was
1: overwhelmingly um uh, thrilled with it i think um there were i mean despite maybe like a few kind of mcu formulas kind of you know rearing its head kind of intermittently throughout um and maybe a it- couple of pacing issues. Um I I think that it was a really it was really well done. I thought um I think the themes are really powerful. I mean I think all of the actors are on the top of their game here. It's like everybody's going for broke here and it just the costuming is fantastic. It's it's great it's a great world building, you know, MCU origin story and I just think that I think people are gonna be really, really blown away by it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with the table. This is an excellent film. This is an excellent MCU film, Uh, and I quite enjoyed last year, I I did quite enjoy Spider-Man Homecoming, but I'll be honest, I was not a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok. I I love things about Thor Ragnarok, but wasn't a huge fan. Wasn't a huge fan of Guardians, Uh, and before that, I mean, I think we had Doctor Strange before that, and again, I was like, yeah, it's okay, but it's kind of a rehash of Iron Man with some really cool visuals. So, it's been a while. I think Civil War was the last one that I and even that, that I was really just that wild by, and even that film still had a lot of problem. As enjoyable as it is, and it did a lot of things I really really loved. That film I was still already feeling like that Marvel fatigue, where I'm like, all right, well, we know how this is going to play out, and we know that they're gonna. There's always gonna be some sort of weird cop out. One thing the MCU at large does is they're really good at making us feel. Like there's a change. Stan Lee, I think it was, said a long time ago that the real importance of comic books is is creating the illusion of change without actually changing things. Um, I feel like Civil War did that. I feel like Age of Ultron did that. There are changes for sure, but it's never quite as monumental as they want you to believe it is. The end of this film, uh, without spoiling anything, there are there are. They, they plant the seeds for you to say, oh, this should theoretically have a huge impact. And they don't back out. Like, there's no yeah. asterisks. Like, it's not like Civil War where Tony Stark and Cap go at each other's throats and try to kill each other. And then at the end, Cap sends the cell phones, like, I'm here if you need me time. You know, it's not one of those. So I appreciate that. But getting more into the performances here, this is an amazing cast, top notch performers. Chadwick Balsman, Michael B. Jordan, love Michael B. Jordan all the time, Lupita Nuang, Uh you've got Daniel Kalula. I mean, God, the, the list goes on and on. Andy Circus uh, is one of two white dudes in this film, and he's great. Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Oh my God! It just this is an amazing cast. A yeah. plus, and they're all giving A plus performances. Right. They know what kind of film they're in, and they're just like just really embracing that.
1: Right. They're not hamming it up either. Like, no, they're, they're very they're, they're treating these these characters with a lot of conviction. You know, right? So, so there's a, like again, there's a lot of gravitas
0: throughout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they all had a really great pre- uh, screen presence. Forrest Whitaker. Didn't even realize he was in this film until I sat down and looked at the poster, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, hey!" And he's great. He's just an unexpected
2: spiritual center to the whole thing. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting that from him.
0: Not at all. Uh, and uh, last shout out to Ryan Coogler, who uh, he he's taken the Ryan Johnson route of living the dream because you know makes Fruitvale Station, which is an amazing little indie hit that's very underappreciated, but it's a great film that showed the studio he could make something. So they they hand him Creed, a low budget, but still you know brand name, Studio Film. Uh, And that movie, by the way, if you haven't seen Creed, is also amazing. Uh, And then they're like, okay, cool, you handled that. So Disney's like, all right, here's the dump truck full of money. Go make us Black Panther. Right. And direct that. (laughs) Uh, And he just does an outstanding job. You would not know that this is a film from a guy who's never directed a huge blockbuster spectacle film um the action's good it's clean there's a lot of themes that i want to talk about because for me that's really the most powerful takeaway because this film as joshua said was about something one of my favorite other favorite mcu films if not my favorite is captain america winter soldier which was about something when it came out you know government espionage the the nsa like government surveillance and in a post-trump election world we're looking back and saying, oh, this is also about something way different, which is the, this idea of like white supremacy infiltrating the highest levels of governments through ideology. Holy crap, those are heavy topics, right? We don't see that in most MCU films, and I feel like to uh, uh, as, at least a certain degree, Black Panther's doing the same thing for racial politics, and we can be uh, more specific in the spoilers. There's some plotting things that I feel like are a little weird. The, the There's a concurrence to, in which information Black Panther, T'Challa, learned something in which the payoff unfolds like almost simultaneously, but it, it's not. It's weird. I don't know if it's bad. It just feels strange.
1: It, it, it just, yeah. It just feels sudden. It just feels very sudden. I think. Um,
0: and then there's a climax. Then of eight part two, I, it did have some pacing issues. I'll put it that way. It's um, nothing. Not, nothing it was never boring. Nothing, it just
1: no, yeah. Nothing gaping or like just like oh my gosh. But you know, like, but definitely like
0: you know, you get to a certain point in the story and you feel like okay, I know where I'm at. Right. And this film, and I don't know if it's a criticism, it's just something where it feel it kind of caught me off guard a little bit.
2: I think it's a Marvel problem in a way because you knew that it wasn't going to come to the same kind of really huge. I mean, there's there's a big finale action set piece, but the conflict is so personal that even with this giant set piece going on around it, we're focused on this, you know, this specific almost individual conflict to the point where I had the same thought where I wasn't bored, but I was like, where are we in this movie? I am excited to revisit it when I can really like slow it down and watch it several times and think about the structure because, Hey, uh, having rewatched a bunch of Marvel movies, very few of them have what you would call a super tight structure. Most of them are kind of a, a mess that work anyway. And I don't think that black Panther fell into that trap, but it's doing something different So I'm not sure that I can put it in a box yet. You know
0: what I mean? Comment on something you said earlier, Leron, about this film falling victim to some Marvel formulas, which it does. I will say a lot of the tropes we see in Marvel films, though, uh, and it's just something I've been thinking a lot about in the last couple of years. It does follow a certain formula and template somewhat similarly to other Marvel films. But because it's a story about a different person from a totally different walk of life, we're not seeing another. We're not seeing. We're not having the Iron Man, um, Doctor Strange problem. Uh, We're seeing someone who has a different type of origin story. Again, it's not like an origin origin, but there is still like this idea of this is him coming into his own, uh, coming of age in in certain ways. Uh, But it feels a lot different because we're we're looking at a character who's dealing with just a totally different experience through his life. And it's probably because we're so used to the formula that
1: that you know as it kind of goes in and out of using it and not using it throwing it here and not there you know i think probably our brains are just kind of wrapping around hey this is kind of fresh and and new and and i think that they spend a lot of time on certain elements of the story that most marvel films wouldn't and so i think that it just you know and i think it's just probably us again just kind of restructuring what to anticipate from it you know even you know in real time as we're watching it
0: Okay, so it sounds like we all really like the film. Uh, let's before we head into spoilers, let's just go ahead and do a recommendation, uh, Joshua. Uh, here on the cinematic schematic, I I have. Decided, and we'll see how long it lasts uh, to avoid number ratings because I just it bothers me. Um, But I do recommendations, so and I try to keep it somewhat like there's still like a a system to it. Like I say, uh, you purchase this one, this is a purchase. So not only do you, I would say, I used to say purchase on Blu ray, but now it's all streaming and digital. Uh, So you purchase the film after you've already gone and seen it once at least, Um, and then there's a full price in which you go to your VIP seating area. You know, you you spend the big bucks to see this one in the prime experience. Uh, And then we have a matinee, which is self explanatory. You go see it on like a Sunday afternoon when it's a little more chill, maybe a little less crowded. Uh, Stream it to where you just watch it when it's finally hit Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or whatnot. And then trash, where it's totally disposable. Uh, Leron how are you going to rate Black
1: Panther? Uh, I, I would like to have this in my collection, you know, I mean, if, if for nothing else, just for the significance of its existence, you know, I mean, because this isn't the third Thor film. This is this is the first major, you know, Black Panther film in the series. And it's done really well. So, yeah, I think I would purchase it. Excellent. Joshua.
2: I think we could go half a step down from the top tier VIP section of the movie, because as as you mentioned on Twitter, Caleb, The 3D and stuff is not necessary and, in fact, kind of gets in the way.
0: Ignore the 3D. The 3D is actually a problem. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. 3D, this film. Do not see it in 3D, 3D, just straight up. (laughs) The film is front loaded with dark scenes. I'll be honest, the first 20 minutes, especially this first scene, I had a really hard time making out what was going on because it was so dark. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's dark. There's stuff you know, all of a sudden flying in your face. And then several of the, the, the more frenetic fight scenes take place with water. So you've got like droplets thrown in your face. And I'm like, this is actually getting in the way of me enjoying this movie. Um, it didn't ruin mm-hmm. it, but I was just like, oh, I would not do this. So I'd take half a step down from your VIP treatment. I think go see this one in the theater. And I'm definitely going to own it. Like it's going to be added to my, uh, uh, to my library. And contrary to what you may be thinking, I do not purchase every single Marvel movie. They are not all made equally.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all worth owning. I don't. I still don't have. I have the rest of Phase One, but I don't have Four One on my shelf. So if that tells you anything. Uh, you no, know, I will second Joshua's opinion. I think you full price it. I still say VIP, maybe just not with the 3D. Like uh, you know, like one of those. I don't know. We have a theater here in Oklahoma that's called the Warren. They have like a ba- balcony where you can buy booze, and I don't believe it's playing in 3D there. So somewhere where you can buy booze and have your dinner. Uh, but not do it in 3D. I think it's worth that experience. But of course, yeah, this is a purchaser. Um, and I, it's funny. I used to be on that train where I'll purchase all the Marvel films. But man, I've been I'm so far past that point. I think the last one that I might purchase might be Civil War. But honestly, Winter Soldier is the last one. I'm like, yes, this is a great film that I think's worth revisiting over and over again. Um, so I kind of put it in that tier. Uh, and I would actually say Iron Man One, much to Josh's detriment. I like the- Iron, man Iron Man One, Three. Uh, yeah, uh, and the Avengers <laughs> come. Anyway. <laughs> I'm with you, Joshua. I don't buy all of them anymore, but I'm a little more selective. So, yeah, I highly recommend. uh, Go check it out. Um, I do have some other kind of plotting issues that I want to address in spoilers just to see what you guys take. So, guys, I'm highly recommending this, but I am saying this is not... I I refuse to say this is a perfect film, and I'm not going to say it's a masterpiece, but I do think it's very important. I think it's an incredible experience, and I think it's absolutely worth your time not just to watch it, but to really think about it and probably go watch it again. Do not want to be spoiled on Black Panther. Uh, Before listening to the rest of this review, you need to go ahead and tune out now, uh, because we're going to spoil the heck out of this thing for the next half an hour. So get out, (laughs) hit pause, watch the movie, come back. Let's just start. Let's start with the themes that work. I'll get to my plotting thing because the thing—that's the thing. I want to talk about the things I like. Uh, This film is really upfront about racial politics. Yeah, definitely. Like it doesn't even pretend to not be about that. I was
1: concerned that they were going to to backpedal on that and as so as to kind of exist in the, again, the other, it's like, no, this is very specific to this in, in this context, in this world, this is how they would speak. And, and like you said, they don't shy away from, you know, I won't say offending, but definitely they, they have their opinions and they don't make excuses for them.
0: Right. So, uh, so you have in the film, uh, Michael B. Jordan kind of embodies this entire, uh, idea of kind of the, the uh, we are the oppressed. Let's ri- rise up against the oppressors, sort of thing. Honestly, kind of a very Marxist idea when you really think about it. But but he's coming at it from hey, I was um, uh, my I, I, like a lot of African American families that are broken, unfortunately, due to like all sorts of different types of violence uh, or prison incarceration, all sorts of things. He lost his dad at the age of what, like maybe ten, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and was kind of left to fend for himself. I think that's probably something a lot of you know people of color could could relate to and it's something that's definitely a conversation in the country right now uh and it creates someone who's pretty vi- i mean it creates a really violent guy who's angry and justifiably angry um because he is uh he has in a lot of ways succeeded he's just smart he's got an intellect he's trained himself uh to be able to kill people because he he always knew kind of who he really was
2: i am i'm gonna highlight that and I am dangerously close to swerving out of my lane. So I'm going to watch it. But a thing that I've been hearing more and more from maybe just because I'm paying more attention now, but from uh, our African American community specifically is that they had their heritage stolen from them. Like there is a big break where they just lose who they were as a people in Africa. And it seems like it's a huge deal to Killmonger that he is African American, like very much of this culture, but also knows where he comes from, like knows definitively where he comes from,
0: and and knows that there is like power and and value in where he comes from, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean it's not just the knowledge would be power unto itself, I I think. Like like spiritual or psychological, you know, that kind of thing. But in this case, yes, there's also an actual tangible power that goes along with it. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is where the comic book element comes in. Oh no, there's actually a super secret technological savvy environment, you know, uh uh. Unfortunately
1: I didn't come from this, but you know, it's nice to it's nice to dream.
0: Michael B. Jordan, how fierce in his face is his final line in the movie. Yeah. Damn! Fighting, yeah. <laughs> like he's he's basically watching the, like the whole film. He, he alludes in the film that his father always told him that the the sunset in um Wakanda was the most beautiful you ever see. And he's he's already lost. He's beaten. He's looking at the sunset, bleeding. He's got this knife or dagger stuck in his chest and Black Panther's offers him he's like hey man I think we might still be able to save you and he's like i would rather die like my ancestors uh who jumped out of their boats into the ocean uh than to be a, to live a life of of oppression or something along those lines right yeah
1: than to go right back to where i started this is what it is all about you know he had to die for something and I think the whole idea too. I mean, the fact that his again, as you mentioned, many African American males, you know, kind of have absent fathers, um, and then they they are they are technically having to, you know, again, try and honor the legacy of where they came from without being a product of the environment that they're in, and you know, and being in his oppressed state, you know, it 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 see you can see why he's so fueled. You know what I mean too. To be a part of that change, even if it is in a very Marxist way, but
0: yeah, and I, you know, I'm not saying to say Marxist to be like oh, crazy Marx. I just thought it was really like the I, the whole idea of the 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 people who uh, the oppressed people saying, you know, what, we're tired of this. Let's just take our weapons. Well, let's 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 mount up and go take them down.
1: It's very it's the the dual, I mean, the themes of like the duality of Martin Luther King versus the Malcolm X, you know, complex is definitely you know imbued in, into the story for sure. Um, and it's like you can you can agree with both sides of it, but they just have two very different methods for how to to achieve the same solution. And
0: right, right. Which you know, and you have T'Challa, you know, uh, who is the rightful king. Uh, the who, peacemaker the, peacemake, the peacemaker and it's not that he, he it's not that he doesn't i mean he sees the entire time i mean he act, and what's interesting is uh lorena after the film you mentioned the the allusions to the lion king which there are totally there like after yeah. he whenever he does that performs that ritual where he goes and and meets the the previous black panthers or people previous uh, his ancestors and he is so disgusted with how his father handled you know, like like the treatment of, you know, Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan's character that he actually did not, like unlike unlike Lion King, where Simba embraces his destiny, his father's lay out before him. Mm-hmm. T'Challa's like, no, this is not the way like right. the, like uh, uh, he kind of rejects the ideas that his uh, from his father before him, which, again, I think is um, pretty powerful and, and fascinating stuff. It's a really great tension because Killmonger gets indicted. As having his mind
2: colonized, like colonizer is a thing that gets kicked around the the movie. And Killmonger cannot be the best king of Wakanda because his mind's been colonized. Neither could T'Chaka because he was married to Wakandan tradition and isolationism and not going out into the world, which which had saved Wakanda up to this point. So you needed somebody new in T'Challa, who could accept the indictment from both sides, you know, and forge a new path. It's really heady stuff in a lot of ways.
0: Like, it's shocking that this was like an MC film. I, you know, I knew the idea of getting a Black Panther film. It's like, oh, it's going to be edgy, just on principle that it's oh, it's a person of color leading a film like this from a superhero that's risk you know that's a big deal anyway right um but the way they really just embrace like this is the this is what's going on uh in the world today and we want to talk about it and uh you know it's i think a lot of it's still up to viewer interpretation of course but i think there's undeniably these ideas because while the ultimate end of the day you know I think Killmonger points out of a lot of very real issues that ultimately T'Challa comes to terms with and agrees with. They just don't agree with how to handle them. It's a little. I am just afraid people. Some people are going to walk away. Uh, definitely not white people uh, are going to walk away <laughs> saying, "Look, the bad guy was all about taking down the establishment, so obviously everything he said was totally wrong." And I'm like, "That's you know, that's." because i think that's the cool thing about it he's a character that i i i sympathize with and say dude this is a guy who is a product of his environment and his circumstances who also still has that craving to do more and see the world be better than the one he grew up in you know right. which i think that's the american dream right right <laughs> so that, that that's a really big one i think there's a, a really interesting critique also i mean the, there's some stuff on immigration in this film i touch on too like the idea of isolationism someone in the film says something about only a country, only a country that's destined to die and rot isolates itself from the rest of the world. You know, like there's this idea. It's it's really in the flies in the face of a lot of the things that we're experiencing in America in 2018 about this idea of like immigration and how do we let people into the country or not. And and this film's like because ultimately at the end of the day, Wakanda is definitely ultra isolationist. They they are so uh, isolationist that they are hiding their identity. To the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. You know, which maybe protects them in that in one way, but another way, in another way, like it's not really they're, 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 the rest of the world is suffering because they're not sharing their they're their not wealth. Sharing their
1: wealth in that way, and I think that's an interesting thing too, because people keep saying that the film is like you know celebrating African culture, and it's really more of an, an elevated, idyllic African culture because this is mm-hmm. a lucrative environment, and it's not—it's really refreshing to see because you know, you, I mean, when any image of of Africa that we look at, you know, what I mean, is is definitely um, you know poverty stricken, and we and, we only and, get the and, worst and feels, of it. We only get to see the right. worst of it. Exactly, we don't see this element of it, and so it, it, it would it's interesting to see that they are so protective of that and I agree with you about the critique I mean it does feel counterintuitive to kind of the progressive ideals of like our current state um, but I think that anxiety kind of comes from them seeing what is happening you know in the other realm and how they don't want that to contaminate the 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 perfect space they've created where they are right. allowed to thrive and be you know in that way right but, they've
0: thrived so far up to this point um but to the to, but to the again to the other point like look at all these other people I mean uh, the brothers and sisters you know all these other uh you know I mean just straight up people of color I mean or African Americans or Africans people who have African heritage around the world are suffering you know like and and that's the the film both both T'Challa and Killmonger point that out and I think that's where I want to make sure that distinction is clear I don't think it's if one or the other like oh the villain said this so obviously it's not true because I think they both acknowledge that and they're just trying to figure out how to handle it um but I think the immigration piece is, is a is something to consider as well and I'm actually really looking forward to seeing the film again just to kind of really digest to see, this to see
1: how much of it of a stance it is on it because it's definitely there I noticed it too and I was kind of like huh you would think there would be a more inviting but they're very, like you said, very isolationist. Like,
0: well, but the film is ultimately critiquing the Wakandan society, like the way it exists. Right, it is saying, right. oh, this is not good. Like, it's just, it's, it's not good for the rest of the world. Like, right. maybe their, their society can thrive, but A, the rest of the world's catching up with their technology faster than they like to admit. And B, like, the people who share that heritage with them are just getting more oppressed. So this film has two two villains, one of them being Killmonger. Uh, the other being, oh, what was Andy?
2: Ulysses Claw. Oh, right. Claw, Claw's a cutout. He's not the real villain. He's, he's you know, he's a means to an end for the actual villain, which is kind of great because he's one of two white people in the entire movie.
0: <laughs> and yeah. he's, he's a, a lot of fun. he's a lot of fun to watch. He's he's yeah, yeah he's a red herring for sure. Uh,
2: I, I'm I'm sort of thinking back to Age of Ultron and wondering if he was by far the best thing that happened in Age of Ultron. And I think so. Um, but yeah, no, he was great. But I mean, as far as the story goes, he's just not the problem. It takes you, the viewer, a minute to realize that he's also getting played. But I love that because there's two Caucasian people in the movie and both of them are your appendix. They could go, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not right. Integral yeah. to the film, really.
0: I mean I do think using Andy Circus like he was a lot of fun to watch and I think he was a brilliant red herring yeah, I think it was totally. what just said because I I was I was expecting michael jordan b jordan initially to be kind of the sub villain he might rise to the top at the end but i certainly did not see him double crossing him straight up halfway through the film and like you're like oh so he's the bad guy oh and here's what he's about and this is actually way more interesting than what we were uh, the
1: track we were on before it adds more depth to that tension because it's like you have these two competing ideologies fighting you know fighting each other and both of them have merits there's just tactics mm. that are problematic. Right, yes. both ends. Right,
0: versus fighting a more traditional Marvel comic villain. He's twirling his mustache and laughing maniacally, and wants to make a bunch of money or destroy the planet. Right.
2: Well, you know that's Claw. We got that. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, and that's we why st- it's brilliant. We still get that. We still we, <laughs> we get the best of both worlds. That's what, I'm actually so glad that Andy circus was in this film, and I hope that he didn't actually die. I know that would be weird, just because I enjoy his performance so much. I hope we see him pop up somewhere okay, else. Okay, here's your uh,
2: superhero nonsense. We did see a body, but for most of my life, Ulysses claw has been a being of living sound in the comics. So, and he didn't start out that way. He started out as a human being. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw that out there. If they really want him back, they've got a
0: back door. They could do it. I also like the idea of this little tiny sub villain that you just can't squash. Like, yeah. cause you know, he was in age of Ultron and he wasn't like the main bad guy. He was in the kind of sub bad guy, but they didn't kill him then. And yeah. it'd be kind of cool if he, you know, he somehow finds a way to just squirm his way back to life in another film. Uh, other white guy in the film, Martin Freeman. <laughs> okay, this is a fun one, guys, because I do have some problems with this film. One of them is Martin Freeman. Yeah, uh, what is he here and, for? Uh, why is he in this movie? Okay, I actually like when he's introduced. It, may, it that makes sense. Yes. Like, he When he shows up, he's cracking a deal. Uh, With Andy Serkis, I liked he was. I did like his addition in Civil War, so I thought it was a nice touch. Since especially since they're phasing out Samuel Jackson, like to set up this other guy who's gonna play the role of shady government agent. Um, So I was like, oh cool. And then there's that interrogation scene, and it was a lot of fun. I was like really into all that stuff. But the second they leave that that. That room where they interrogate and they, they take Andy Serkis back to Wakanda. He is absolutely the most pointless. useless, pointless <laughs> character. He doesn't do anything. Right. He gets in a ship and plays video games. Right.
1: And I think I told you, like, several times, every time they would cut to him, it, you could almost see in the writing that they didn't know why they still had him kind of tugging around because he was just there for a one-liner or a joke. He he did. He contributed nothing to the action or the advancement of the story from that
0: point on. I mean, I think the joke, you know, coming out of the theater was he's the token white guy. Yeah. That's what that feels like. We we need to have a white guy. We need to have a white guy in Wakanda to make the audience feel like they've got a surrogate somehow, you know, (laughs) like all the white people who are at this point. That's the thing.
2: (laughs) I feel, I feel very attacked. He gets to do that because I think you are 100% right. But I think, You also get a really great meta commentary there where it's like, oh, yes, but him, not really necessary. We are throwing you this bone. I mean, it's it's seriously how you hear uh, like the movers and shakers of Hollywood when they're uh, when, when it all hangs out, you know, talk about more diverse representation. We'll throw them throw them a person of color. Just put one in there. You know, it's that right. Universe. Right. So, yes, right, it right. does a couple of things. And I'm just I'm just going to continue assuming that it's meta commentary because then I love it because otherwise I'm just like, then I, I love I it. Mean, yeah,
0: I, I mean, it doesn't destroy the film. And it's, that's what I'm saying. It is a problem. But I, I actually wholeheartedly agree with you that this idea that we have to have this token white guy is kind of Ryan Coogler like, kind of like. Just winking at the winking audience at the and being like, "Hey guys, look at this dumb guy. Well, <laughs> Why and is he not here?" Mad as
2: hell if he'd actually been you worth anything. Like, like if he'd actually been important, I'd have been mad.
1: That's fair because it would take away. It would take away from you know the two. I mean the dynamic of right. the two.
0: Because it's not about him at all. Like so yeah. by, by him having a moment that would take away from every other amazing member of the cast and the story they're living through. Right.
1: All of a sudden, it just became a brilliant idea.
2: solved it we solved your biggest problem caleb how much how often does that happen
0: I, I mean, I love this. I'm just going to continue pretending that the meta-commentary is there. It's actually going to make it way more enjoyable every time I watch it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he literally... Like, not... I can't... Like, he doesn't even get good jokes. He does... There's one scene in which he has one piece of information about Killmonger that he reveals, which we could have found out in a million other ways. Absolutely. Uh, it did not have to be and, the and conduit of that. His personality is, like, as flat as... Can be. Literally, he is, like, the most white bread character, throwaway character. The line
1: that... uh uh black panther's sister says to him when he first comes to and he's in wakanda like that 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 definitely sticks out hey
0: colonist or it, sorry yeah hey colonist or colonizer like colonizer, colonizer. Just like
1: wow and then every, you can see the gasp from people in the audience it was like uh
0: and also how she also made the joke while, while he was still unconscious she's like oh, man always bring me these white boys to solve the problems mm-hmm. like <laughs> you know
2: did you guys catch his reaction to shuri calling him colonizer uh remind me i have a name oh my god oh
1: wow (laughs) unless i was spending too much time probably just
0: i was so shocked by the fact that she said colonizer that i don't think i heard his reaction (laughs) that's funny uh, again i don't think i'm pulling the
2: meta commentary out of nowhere i'm gonna point to a couple of textual things that make me think oh this
0: was entirely on purpose i think that's pretty brilliant um so that's the thing that's the thing we're talking about in the film um so i will say the whole battle at the—I will say—I—I it—it doesn't break the movie or really even distract me. It was something in the in the moment, but something I think about—I was thinking a lot about after the film was the climax and how they we get this big battle between basically uh, the mountain ape tribe people versus the rest Wait, of Wakanda. You have a Wakandan uh, civil war, right? <laughs> right, which is cool. But I, the dude. Okay, so. I don't feel like it was super clearly established in the first scene where we see uh, T'Challa wrestling the the gorilla dude that he – like what the rules were. Like was he just supposed to get him to tap out or was he sparing his life? Now, the implication later in the film is that actually he was supposed to kill him in that moment, but then he spared him. Okay, I'm
2: going to push back a little bit. I'm going to push back a little bit because they make it pretty clear. I was paying so much attention, so no shade, but because I was curious how they were going to handle the – Various comic book baggage that comes with how you become the king of Wakanda. I, so I was really paying attention and they made it pretty clear it's ritual combat to the death or to the surrender.
0: OK, I will watch that again. OK, or or to the surrender. So death or death or surrender. Yes. Though. OK, yes. And so my question is. So my question is, though, if that's the case, I don't it doesn't really seem like a child really did my favor then. Because he tapped out, so he surrendered. So, like, what does he really owe T'Challa in that
2: moment? The thing that M'Baku owes him is that T'Challa saved him from his own pride. He would have deprived his tribe of his leadership out of pride. And T'Challa, in the fight, is convincing him. He's like, don't make me take you away from your tribe. And then he taps out. It's not made as big a deal as I would like it to be. Like, I would like it better if the... Jabari had never come down out of the mountains for the Civil War and just been like, no bills are right. paid, you
0: know, right? Well, because that's because well, that's the thing. Because a lot of and that's a small thing. It's not a huge thing. It's a small plot thing. This is where I'm not. I'm not trying to be nitpicky, but it, in reflection, like. You have to. You do have to suspend a lot of disbelief that Killmonger can show up, hijack this entire society, and, and get them in a civil war basically within, like, two days. Well, you um, do have his training I mean,
2: and the way monarchies work for basically the entire yes, existence of right. humanity. Like,
0: <laughs> right, right. monarchies are kind of right, yeah. built and that's for this th- to happen to them. <laughs> right. And that's what I'm saying. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility, but it just seems – like, it just seems weird that he was able to get that many of it, even though he technically has the right and he did win the throne. Like, he could get so many of his troops to turn on one another so quickly. I mean, this is how workers work. work. Not, it not, doesn't break the movie, but when you actually start to think about this timeline, in the sa- and also the same way that T'Challa basically learns about Killmonger as Killmonger's pulling up into... Wakanda it feels like there needed to be some more breathing time between that revelation and when he shows I'll up it just happens it all, it happened that whole thing happens super it's quick. All very fast that's true and, and it's not it's not breaking the movie and it's not even really again in the mo- moment it did not really even break my suspension of disbelief but it when I start th- thinking back on okay like some weird things that, that happen it just like, it feels like the movie, in a lot of ways, and I appreciate this about it, is taking its time with its characters and breathing, which is great. But then some, but then the plot's like, okay, some, we're going to, like, hurry up and wait. Right. And then hurry up and wait. Right, and then right. all of a sudden, and now, climax!
1: Right, exactly. Because we spend so much time kind of character building that as soon as another plot point presents itself, it's like, well, now we don't have time for this, so we're going to have to run. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this plot's
0: just going to run. We are just got to run with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not... Again, not a deal breaker right uh, th- th- uh, Laurent? did you notice anything of that Is I that... mean that was similar to me. I had the same reaction i think I think
1: the film definitely they wanted to front load you know like let's make these characters dynamic let's make these w-. And, I, and i and I agree like I said like, I think the pacing issues are there, but it's it they're so they're not they're not um grave enough for me to do you know what I mean to ding the film too much oh, yeah, right, you know it's like it's like oh, that could have been stronger, but really, but look at how. Look at everything that's, you know, come before this. You know, like right. there's there's things they spent so much detail on that I wish there were just a little bit more time spent on kind of massaging the more connective tissue for right. the storyline. Right. And, and
0: again, for me, again, ultimately, it's one of those I I would much rather spend more time with the characters anyway. That's always one of my favorite things, especially in like an origin film. And I I feel like Black Panther, because they do that, it just... Everything works so much better. Um, so the things I I love about this film so greatly outweigh the really small thing. Like these are very small things that I'm just thinking about mechanically how it works. Score was really top notch, man. That I love Kill theme. That was yeah.
1: exciting. Uh, the score and the and just the music. The like again, we'd mentioned Kendrick Lamar. Like. It just gives the this Marvel world just a different. It feels very urban, right. It feels very like. I mean, every time it happened, it felt just right for the story that we were telling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, didn't feel pigeonholed in there like the way like if you said, oh, "Okay, of course, of course, let's give them some you know some rap music," you know. But it actually works. It it feels true to the essence of that. But yeah, between you know, the the, the hip
2: hop strains being brought in alongside the more traditional African sounds, which we've also never had in a Marvel film before.
0: God, the use of drums were so cool. I loved it every time they started just the beats coming in. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I'll say right now, I really do think this is it top th- if not the best top three mcu scores like the actual score score not the soundtrack but the soundtrack's excellent too but this mm, is mm-hmm. like the score is memorable like i yeah, i, I like want, i've gone back and listened to them afterwards Like, man this is really
1: good well and like because like you i mean i and that not to take away but i mean like because like you said so many of the others are so generic and you know kind of you know forgettable right. that it, this does this does actually stand out as being memorably good you right know, so
0: right um yeah, so that, that was a that was a big uh, something I was uh, super jazzed taking away from the film. Just felt really good about. I've said it at the top, but I'll say it again. This was very clearly a standalone film. Uh, they basically we get a really brief recap of how T'Challa's dad died in Civil War. We don't really talk about anything else in Civil War but that, which is great. Like, so the emphasis is so much on his character, his story. There's not there's a couple of jokes that kind of allude to Winter Soldier throughout the film, but we don't even see Winter Soldier until the post post credit scene. There's Um, a few of them.
1: Stay for all three. I think there was three. Three, three? two, 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 two.
0: Two Two prominent ones, but, 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 but but one, only one that really, really mattered. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I, 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 cause the winter soldier thing didn't actually tell us anything. We didn't already know. Hey guys, he's in Wakanda. We knew that from civil war. (laughs) Like it's just reminding us
2: that he's still there. I think the one thing that it does for us is let us know that Bucky is healing in Wakanda because remember they were putting him on ice. At the end of Civil right. War. Yeah, right. That's true. And this true. is that's him out and having human interaction and being calm. And I, I think it's setting him up to be able to be an important part of the MCU going forward without having to deal with a lot of the Hydra brainwashing. Like we took care of that off screen and I'm fine with it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't really want a whole movie about Hydra dehydra brainwashing. Can we talk about the ending?
1: Yes, let's do. The very end. Uh, when they. When they revisit, you know, the original space where the
0: you the... read my mind, Laurent Chapman. Thank you.
1: Like that's that. There comes in the issue again where we were dealing with the okay. First, we were dealing with the isolationism of of uh, Wakanda, and right? Now we're here in in real time, um, and it feels like borderline
0: gentrification here. Gentrification like, weird. It, gentrification like like secret imperialization like it's somewhere between gentrification
2: and repatriating right right because we don't really know where they're going to
1: go with it i mean like you know they might very well integrate that and say like now let's elevate this space as well i don't know i haven't read the comics but you know but as it paints there at the end it almost seems borderline elitist here we're in this spot but meanwhile, the world is crumbling beneath us, but right. we're above that.
0: Gentrification is such a complex yeah. issue anyway. Yeah. I are border, borderline, right, borderline. Right, right, right. Well, because their intention, of course, is, oh, we're going to go into these urban decaying areas and we're going to make them better, which right. is, I'm sure that's, that's the, intent the intent of the filmmaker. But we hope. as with gentrification, there's always that unforeseen consequence where it's like, cool, we bring all these good things, but then at some point it falls apart and it kind of backfires, right? Right. right. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. But I will say that's the thing. This is the thing I was talking about in the review, like this is a cha- game changer. Like we have Wakandans all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. We didn't have that before.
2: Like like that is set up as a it, they may never do a thing with it, but you could actually see I don't know who's, maybe Black Panther 2, maybe something else. I mean, there's a lot of options where this could come up, but you could have like Wakandan separatists all over the place who are not actually Wakandan. They're they're sort of philosophically Wakandan. How does T'Challa feel about that? How does the rest of Wakanda feel about that? There is some soil here to grow interesting stories.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think where they left that's it actually a perfect place because they, again, I, 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 you know, they planted the seeds. It makes us question.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like it, we're, we're left wondering. How's that going to pan out? Right. You know, like, and, and, you know, and like I said, we could be totally wrong about it, about their intentions.
0: Right. Well, and, you know, something Marvel has done really well, I think, in the entire MCU is they plant seeds that you, they seem, I I mean, Tony Stark's a great example. Like, he's a guy who has good intentions, but like, as the series has gone, we've, we've seen the the good and the bad of what he's done. So this is kind of one of those same things where, yes, it's good intentions, but the, but that doesn't mean like there aren't downsides that we won't see in other films either. It could go either way. It could go either way. Um, I think it's a really – I because mean, at the end of the day, we're dealing with – most of the themes in this movie we can deal with have direct analogs. Yeah. This is where we get to the point where it's, ooh, what are we getting at with this? Mm-hmm. And what is Kugler kind of proposing about the spread of Wakandan culture? And I'm not even saying it's a good or a bad thing. I just don't know. Right. And it's, I'm really interested to see how audiences react to that and what the MCU does in feature films with that.
2: Hey, that's where superhero stuff sings for me is when we get to literalize these – amorphous concepts into, in bad cases, things we can punch or in good ways, things we can see and measure, you know, like they're not real. They're not realistic. They are thought experiments where you get to make these things literal that would otherwise never be. And yeah, I'm sort of now I'm sort of after, especially after a little more conversation here, I'm sort of afraid that they're not going to do anything with it. And then I'll be madder
1: yeah right right. <laughs>
0: right right well again that's and that's that's what i was saying earlier Mar- marvel has a the mcu is really good at doing that like man this is a big radical thing we're doing but then we we like, just, no, just we're gonna like let that go and not really worry about it too much um it's also just exciting to see
1: that part of the world being exposed into right? into this work because like you watch any other marvel film and i don't think they ever cut to a part of the city where... dude it's like the
0: wire it's yeah. like freaking the wire i love it like it, it you're seeing like well i mean it's it's a, not great you're, parts of the city you're completely
1: you know? immersed in it, you know what I mean it becomes a part of the c- c- kind of the language and the perspective that they're that they're just really trying to ham up but
0: I love that marvel's di- I mean i, I again uh, I think it's really exciting and interesting, and I hope they keep doing it. Marvel now that they've made so many movies they're not really exploring they're getting to the point where they're exploring stuff I'm, that really fascinates me in spider man homecoming it was the blue collar villain, the guy who gets screwed over by the heroes who are rich yeah uh, and in this film it's oh we're gonna go look at uh you know these. Really, not great part uh, pockets of the city uh, that are uh, urban decay. They're just falling apart, uh, and they're they're filled with broken families and people of color. Like right. I'm, it's, it's it is refreshing,
1: you know. And they made some ballsy choices here uh, for sure. I mean, but I think that at the end of it, I mean, even part of it being like you know uh, having Ryan. Uh, kugler you know do the film i mean that's another thing too i'm sure that his influence is definitely there i mean there are elements of this that feel like the fruit valve station film yeah you know like it's just they did a really good job this is this is why i think again whole diversity representation is so important you put a black filmmaker to tell this story then it adds a level of authenticity to it that doesn't feel pigeonholed or... It's
0: got, it's got that spirit and energy about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's we know... We, I can feel Ryan Coogler and his convictions in this film. He's
1: paying attention to the right mm-hmm. things. Right. There's certain things that he's not omitting... You know that normal that I think right. another filmmaker might have.
0: You know? We're we like even looking at someone like the Russo brothers who have done exceptional work in Marvel. But I I in like the Winter Soldier, the Civil War, like in the they're making Infinity War. Those are exceptional directors, but I, they could not have made this film. Right? they you know they just couldn't make this film. It would have been a different film. It been, it would have it, been yeah. It and I don't was. think it would have been you nearly know, as effective or you know as right. groundbreaking or or risky for them.
1: And I think part of that comes from just that personal experience. Yes. You know, like having experienced it, he knows what what. Elements to kind of draw out of these characters, you know.
0: Yeah, man, I, I I'm so glad he got to make this film. I'm so glad. I I'm excited for the future of him, but I'm also excited for the future of more directors of color. I mean, you're a filmmaker, Laurent, so this is cool. We've got th- this this month and next month. We've got *Rinku Time* from Ava DuVernay, like, and these are big. This is a big deal. Right. We are in the midst of a big shift, a black in, renaissance, right? Right. <laughs> yes. I, I just need it needs to keep up. More representation, more voices, you know, and I, I, it. It's a really exciting time to be covering films because for me, my, my love of film is, is rooted in culture and what films say about our culture and how we can empathize with different people and experiences and how we can find the flaws and the cracks in society, but take those from the films and make it make the world better. Right. So whenever we see this big, you know, paradigm shift happen and this cultural shift happen between people of color and women this year or this last year, um, being you know kind of more in the limelight uh, and given the microphone. It's it's just really exciting to see that empathy. It the film film's working, I guess. Art's working, working. culture well, is working. I was say, yeah, you know?
1: that's essentially what it is. It's like as we keep going on and dredging through the crap in our real lives, we're realizing that Hollywood is starting starting to get it right. You know, just like even if Moonlight last, year, you know, the last. I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's like, it just seems like an ongoing thing. It's like well, and
0: Get Out has a has Get nominated, Out, for, Best nominated this year. for Best Picture and, this year. And Lady year. Bird. I mean, that's something. Jordan like, Peele Peel is nominated Peel.
1: for Best Director. You know, like it's happening. It's like we're seeing those little those little seeds being planted. Like it's you know, and like I said, it's a it's a process. It's not going to happen, in, you know, overnight. But
0: unfortunately, it's nice
1: to see change.
0: And the good news is, this movie is all set to make. An insane amount of money. Yeah. So it, it has like it has record February numbers for sure. But like this would be, I think they were tracking around 165 million. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, in May or June, that's an incredibly that's strong opening. Yeah. So for February, this is just unheard
2: of. I read yeah. today that it has sold more advance tickets than any other superhero movie. Oh, it's so cool. Which is so crazy. It's surprising. It's Honestly,
1: surprising. I would I'm, think. I would think. I would think the opposite. But, right? but That's me. That's the. That's the cynic in me. You know. You know. But it. It. But it shows that there's. There's. There's a conversation happening outside of us that. That shows that people have this interest in it. But
2: I, I'm telling you, comics are much more a little. You know, a tempest in a teapot. But I will tell you, despite what you can tell, despite what you can see, Marvel and DC doing, whenever they make actual effort to employ women or people of color and diversify the characters that those folks are able to work on. It, it works like it doesn't work according to the Byzantine and arcane rules that they have. But when you look at actual money and actual fan engagement, it works every time. So I think I'm surprised by how big it's going to be, but I'm not surprised that it's big. Gotcha. Well,
0: well, and just the, I think for a lot of, and again, this is something I, I as a, as a white dude, I don't necessarily understand because I've always seen white guys on film, so it's kind of I take it for granted almost. I mean, my, 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 my Marvel fatigue, I take it for granted. I'm sure the re- part of this reason is that there are a lot of people like this is they get to see themselves on the big screen, like think, for a first time.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think I just posted this today actually. Yeah, because he uh, Chadwick Boswick, is, is I keep saying his last name wrong.
0: I think it's yes, Chad, Chadwick Boseman. I think
1: Chadwick Boseman. Yes, so he. Did an interview today on, uh, uh, Sir- SiriusXM Radio, and he basically he broke down because the I two two kids, yeah, it's crazy, right? It was just two kids that were just they were they were on the brink of terminal illness. They were just holding out to be able to see the film. Oh my god! Before before it was going to premiere, he got really choked up about it because he was like, you know, it's just a film for us. He's like, but you know what? When I was a kid, I remember being, you know, like the new the new toy or whatever it would be that you were that was all you lived for you know you lived for christmas or your birthday where you got that thing that was so important in the moment and he's like so this is that for a lot of people and like you said it's it's really exciting to see you know your life reflected on screen And like you said sometimes people take that for granted having always had it you know you always had spider-man or batman or what have you in to a certain extent but here you don't you know you don't necessarily have a whole lot of positive hero
0: representation. Do not. Color. Do not at me with Blade or shaft or um um where's the other one? Uh what was the third one? It was uh uh, uh the McFarlane um oh, Spawn. spawn. Oh, Do Lord. not at me with spawn or blade But the arg the, yeah.
1: the, the, the the biggest issue I have with that when people use that as an example is I'm like those are adult films. And those are anti-heroes. Right. They're not they're like I mean like you aren't three years old watching that. You yeah, three year old watching cartoons you right watch you weren't watching spawn. You I mean like yeah, once you got to, you know, of a certain... And then he realized it's a giant pile of turd. Right, exactly. So I don't I I don't count those, you know. Yeah. Like you said, they're antiheroes. They're not. They're not superheroes. They're not superheroes. And again, they're not. And, and they're,
0: they're not. Also... They're not positive. They're not positive examples of of heroism. Right. You know? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, Blade I mean, rides like so, a ragged so edge
2: to the point where when somebody brings that up, I just shut up. You know, because it's not it's not a fight I want to get into. But I, I have the same reactions where I'm like,
0: yeah, but this is different. Like, cool. <laughs> This is a yeah, It's not, it's not and, and also, like, outside of the, okay, so even removing that where I think that's a totally it's outside of the MCU art, right, world. It, this is the first time in the MCU, which for a lot of people, gotta keep in mind, this has been around for 10 years. For a lot of kids, like, this is the first black superhero they're gonna see on the screen. This
1: Halloween, you're gonna see a lot of 8-year-old People of color, youth, you know, children dressed up like that. And that's awesome because they have something that actually, you know, resembles them in some way. Right. And so and that's good. I mean, it's it's a hero they can count. They can actually count on. Right.
0: Well, and again, I go back to the idea and me and Joshua have talked at length about this before and we got to wind down. But I just I'd say superheroes are very important. I think I don't want to over I don't want to make them over important, but they're supposed to represent the best parts of us. And as an icon and a symbol and they're supposed to inspire us as in the real world, IRL to, to take the lessons they're trying to teach us and implement them in our own lives and, and inspires to do better, to make this world better. So the fact that for a lot of people, this is the first time they get to have that connection, like of a positive hero doing really awesome things. Who is, who is conflicted. He's very human, but also strives to be a better and wants to make the world better like that. That's like us uh, sing Superman, you know, and like the idea of what Superman is. Anyway, ooh, superheroes are important. I mean, I, I while I will can continue to confess the fatigue. I love superheroes as a kid. I think they're still very important. So. Um, seeing this and seeing the, the box office dollars roll in and seeing kids, I think you're right. You're going to see more Black Panther costumes next year. It's just, man, really encouraging and exciting time to be talking about films. Um, gentlemen, we do need to wrap up, though. Uh, Leron Chapman, where can people keep up with you or your film if they want to ke- hear what, what else you have to say about the movies out there?
1: They can keep up with me on Facebook and Twitter under my name, LaRon Chapman. Or they can follow my film at FacebookMovie.com um, slash you people.
0: Joshua Unruh, how about you? Which podcast or thing should they follow uh, you online? You can follow me
2: on Twitter at Joshua Unruh, J-O-S-H-U-A-U-N-R-U-H, where I talk about all the stuff. But if you just want to go straight to the podcasts, pay attention to uh, Pulp Diction Productions, patreon.com slash Pulp Diction Productions. You will get to hear Caleb and I talk about Batman a lot there. You know, yes. you'll hear me talk about other superheroes in superhero university. Caleb and I get together in an animated discussion. And while you will not find listen up a holes there, you will find links to listen up a holes there. So So Listen Up A-holes.
0: So yeah. So listen up a holes. Good great point, Lauron. Uh, and of course you can always find me and all my work at the dot com. Uh and you can follow me personally on Twitter at C Masters Talk. That's letter C Masters Talk. Uh if you also just want to get my initial uh thumbs up, thumbs down reviews, uh, you can always follow me on letterboxed uh, at C Masters91. Um gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this really great discussion tonight.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. This has been the Cinematropolis review of Black Panther on the Cinematic Schematic Podcast. One last reminder that if you enjoyed this show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, Go ahead and subscribe and give us a rating if you want to hear more of our talks, special talks. We've got an upcoming Oscars show and all sorts of other goodies for you. Thank you so much for tuning in today and have a great President's Day weekend.